0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: Someone in need encounters a child of God, it should just be so much better than if they encountered someone in the world. Someone Someone hurting encounter a child of God, it should be so much better than if they encountered a person in the world. It's one of the things that should kind of set us apart that encountering a believer, encountering a child of God, that we we go far, we go over and above, we go beyond what's even required or necessary because we love in a different way, that should mark God's kids.
0: Most of our culture sees religion a certain way. Follow strict rules, be a good person, and get rewarded. In today's message, Pastor Bill wants you to know that this is the opposite of what it means to be a Christian. Jesus has always had you on his heart, and will pursue you until you're in his kingdom forever stop wasting your time getting caught up in the rules and accept that he is pursuing you embrace the free gift of grace and follow a god who knows you and loves you now here's pastor bill in the book of judges chapter 19 for today's edition of a transforming word
1: i'm gonna say what god says about it. it's a blessing praise the lord you got another blessing Right, that's what the Bible says about it. But what does culture say? Oh no! Uh, uh, oh, oh, another one! Oh, that, that's that's how people behave. Even some Christians, and it's like, man, what the Bible? How you gonna act like that about a blessing? If you got five hundred dollars in your account, you wouldn't say, oh, "What is that? Oh my goodness, another one!" You wouldn't say that, you know? <laughs> like, this is a life, for goodness' sake! You know, this is this is a, a life that you can bear your image, and you know, you get the disciple and everything else. So. We want to be very careful how heavily we're impacted by culture and society. In this room, there are different cultures, black, Hispanic, white, you know, there's some male, I don't even know. Um, and, I, you know, in the midst of that, right, there's, in, in, those, in those different cultures, unique things that are about those cultures, be careful. When the culture c- conflicts with Christ, what's gotta go? Culture, out the door. My, my culture is Jesus. That my identity is wrapped up in Jesus. So we might grow up in a certain culture. This is how we grew up. Okay, Now, now I'm saved. I've grown up over up. You know, I may have been raised a certain way, taught certain things, seen it, practiced this way, seen it, believed this way, done this way. But now I know Jesus. Now Spirit of God lives in me. Now the word of God is my direction. And so where culture conflicts with Christ, I'm, I roll with Christ. When culture conflicts with the word of God, I'm gonna go with the word of God. And we're gonna be very careful about that because as I look at what this guy does, just like what they did in Lodge Day, to say, here's my virgin daughter. I'm looking and thinking, what a precious thing. You have a daughter, she's been kept, she's a virgin, she's pure, you know, that that's a that's like to be protected and covered and loved and saved like this is my baby you know we're safe she's being saved for for marriage and whatever else god has for her one day i mean there should be i should you should be willing to step in front die kill whatever to protect that he says here have her and and this guy's concubine her too take terry his women these guys weren't even interested in the women first of all lots offered up his women they were like no we don't want them we want him and this case the, now, the guy offered up his daughter and the concubine, but we see we'll see that they only he ended up only he only put the, he threw the concubine out and then kept his daughter inside. So I, <laughs> there's more we can say about that. But let, let's let's continue on. Uh, verse 25. But the men would not heed him. So the man took his concubine and brought her out to them. And they knew her. They knew her and abused her all night until morning. And when the day began to break, they let her go. And so, first of all, it says that this guy, he went all this way to get her back. So he, he took the concubine, set up a wife. She cheated on him, went back to her dad's house. He went all the way back to her dad's house to get her. Now he's going all the way back with her. And, and now that, you know, people have coming. they want him. He is here. He puts her out. He puts her out the door. That says something about him, right, um, to save his own butt. Literally, you know, he puts out this woman. It's 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 in the Bible. Y'all ready? Y'all just ready to save himself? He puts her out. So I would just say about that, right? (laughs) We forgive me. We we should never be willing to put others at risk to preserve ourselves, particularly those that are that are that are you know. If you're a man. I just believe that as a man that women and children should be covered and protected by a man. All the men said, Amen. I hope you all know it and believe it. So if women or children are around you and something pops off as a man, you bet not hmm, put your wife out there, put kids out front. You know, there's a man that you step up and they, that. All right. This is where this is when you get to be a man. This is where this is where men do man stuff. You, you know, you, you put the kids and get back up, get back over there. You, you go out and handle it. You know, if, if it's a weird noise at night, I hope you brothers ain't saying, Did you hear that, babe? You, you gonna see what that is? You know? If, if I bet not ever hear, I bet not never hear that that's how it's going down. That's when the guys get up and, and you go. You know, I'm I'm teaching my son, you know, my my daughter's, she got a thing about spiders, and she dead, she acts like you you if you see a spider, the screams and the noises that you hear, you think. There's a burglar in my house. There's a there's a man in my house with with weapons or something
0: And,
1: and it's just it, I said basic daddy long leg It's the one spider that can't even bite you, you know, and, and she don't get it I can't know I'm like I try to make her do it before she's she won't so I'm training up BJ BJ This is this is man time get you a get you a slipper if you really want to gross them out what I do I walk in there with my bare hand. I just smush them up Mm. and I leave it for them to clean. No, you clean it. You know, they want me to clean it up. Why send BJ now. Go in there and smack that thing and just take care of it for for the ladies. Don't you be screaming and screaming shit like the ladies do. And I tell them, I said, son, these are man lessons. You know what I mean? go get that spider. You know, so it's just sad here that they put the women out like that, that they don't have regard for them. They don't honor them. Uh, There's no thought to protect them. They say, look, if this them or us, then put them out to save ourselves. And so this guy puts her out to save himself. Verse 26. Now it says, um, I'm sorry. I I left this out in verse 22 because I thought it was interesting when it said that these the men of the city came out perverted. It said perverted men and the old King James, it says sons of Bilal. In the Old Testament, the son of Belial could, be, could be a son of a non-believer. In the New Testament, the, the name Belial is linked to Satan. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 6.15, you know, Paul, when explaining what does light and darkness have to do with he said, what does Christ or Bilal have to do with each other? And Satan is called Bilal. What part is a believer with a non-believer? And so, you know, we see that they've come out to, to do these things. And uh, this guy puts the concubine out, um, doesn't protect her. Leaves her out there. Now, verse 26, then the woman came. I'm sorry. Then the woman came as the day was dawning and fell down at the door of the man's house while her master was where her master was till it was light. So they abused her all night, it says. And eventually she must have got away. And is really a sad picture? And I'm sorry. It just it's here. We're reading it. But she just like she crawls to the door, just lays there. Uh, We're going to see that she actually passes away from the abuse. Verse 27, when, the, when her master arose in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way, there was his concubine falling at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. And a couple of things really troubled me here. It said when her master arose in the morning, I'm thinking, did he go to sleep? <laughs> like, now I'm, not, I'm just thinking how horrible is that that? While this is happening to a human being, someone that you supposedly cared, cared enough for to go travel and get her. You just, you know, I don't know if he slept or if he laid down, but I'm just looking at that thing. And that's horrible when he arose in the morning, you know, like, OK, I'm, I'm you know, we got we got rid of him and he relaxed or whatever. That just says something about the I, I know non-believers, you guys, that are better people than this. I know people that don't know God that they wouldn't rest while somebody was outside being abused. I know non-believers if they heard a woman outside getting hit, they would get up and go out there and stop it. You know, people that don't have Christ would do this. And so, here's a Levite, someone that's born of the lineage of Levi, is called to serve God in the temple of God, and things are just so poor in the culture of the people of God that this person that's really an elevated, you know, he should be an example, he should be a servant is able to behave in this way that he even has a concubine but he traveled all this way to go get her after she committed harlotry and then that he would put her out there to save himself then he would just rest and just lay down and get up in the morning and then it's, it gets worse and so she's laying there with her hand on the threshold And it's almost i get the image of like she was maybe trying to get in and she couldn't get in um i don't know if she knocked or what but you know she just laid there she dies there he doesn't know she's dead and so verse 28, it says, and he said to her, get up and let us be going. He just said, hey, let's go. Get up. It's, it's time for us to get going. And I read that and I think how how, how insensitive, right? Let's, let's time to go. Get on up. Get, I know, you know, I, Never mind what happened to you. How are you? Are you okay? You know, can we take you in and wash you? No, no let, get up. Let's be going. And again, I read that and I think, man, where's the, there's zero compassion. There's zero. There's nothing here that resembles the heart of God. That's what I'm reading. I don't hear anything here that resembles God's heart. There's no care for the weak. There's no care for the abused. There's no get up. Let us be going. And it says, but there was no answer because she was dead. So the man lifted her onto his donkey and the man got up and went to his place. And so he put her up on his donkey and he went to his place. Now, um, I'll come to some conclusions in a little bit. But I'll say this right now. Um, It it would have been better for the Levite if he had spent the night with heathens than with the professed children of God at this time. And I would just say to us, right, that it should always be the case that when people encounter us, it's better than have they encountered someone in the world. Someone in need encounters a child of God. It should just be so much better than if they encountered someone in the world, someone in someone hurting, encounter a child of God. It should be so much better than if they encountered a person in the world. It's one of the things that should kind of set us apart. That encountering a believer, encountering a child of God, that, that we would that we go far, we go over and above, we go beyond what's even required or necessary because we love in a different way. That should mark God's kids. And so in this case, here we see it all messed up. They're not where they need to be. It actually was worse to come in contact with God's kids than to have come in contact with uh, with the world. And so we want to make sure in the way of application, somebody come in contact with you, somebody in need, somebody hurting, somebody in trouble, somebody make sure it's better. Make sure it's way better than they that they encountered you. And you know, I think as a believer, people should be looking and saying, man, why would why were they so good to me? Our witness should be that good to people that it's like, well, why, why, why do they endure so much? Why were they so patient? Why do they, you know, because of Jesus? You know, it's our opportunity to let the Lord shine through us. And so, we're going to encounter hurting people, people in bad places, people that need help. Let's make sure on our end that it was better for them to have encountered you. It was better for them to have run into you than somebody in the world. I, I was remembering uh, a situation when I was a when I was a teenager. Uh, it's funny because it happened right near where I live now. But when I was a teenager, I had, a, had my little bug and my brakes went out. But I didn't want to be without my car. So even though the brakes were out and I'm like, man, if I get my car up for the weekend, then I, I'm going to be stuck at home all weekend. If I give it up during the week, I got to catch the bus to school. I'm too cool to catch the bus to school. So I just kept driving my car with no brakes. And you know what I would do when I would come to a stoplight? I would pull up the emergency brake. And I was doing that. So on this was on a Sunday, I remember it. I was coming down Crenshaw, Crenshaw, and I come to Crenshaw and party and I was leaving my dad's house and it had rain. So the streets were slick. And, you know, I thought the car in front of me was going to take the light, but they were Christians. So they stopped, you know, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know they were Christians yet till after I hit them, but uh, they stopped. And so I'm like, oh, no. And I pull up my brake and my car does a spin. So it goes and the back of my car, smacks the side of their car. And I'm like, oh, man. I don't think I have insurance. I, you know, I'm just I'm out there just riding dirty. And so I get out the car and I'm thinking, man, this this they're gonna get me. I'm being, you know, it's gonna be a bad thing. And I remember the guy got out. He had a family in the car, and he said, hey, "You all right?" I was like, yeah, I, was like, I am all right, you know. And he came looked at his car. His car wasn't as bad as my little fender. And I'm I I, I, didn't, I didn't know what it was. I wasn't a Christian or anything like that. But I remember the guy just said, "Hey, we're coming from church. We're just gonna praise God that nobody got hurt. Everybody's okay." And you, you go on and, and, you know, have a have a great day. Don't worry about it. And I I was just at the moment happy that I got to go. But later on, uh, I was like, man, that was, that was he, he was a Christian. He wasn't, he didn't care about the little ding on his car. Nobody was injured. Everybody made it. That's the perspective sometimes from believers is different. People in the world, we love our stuff. People in the world love their stuff. You know, you broke my stuff. You're going to pay every dime. But people in the Lord, you know, we look at things different. We're like, eh my stuff got a ding in it but we're okay we, we value the commodities that we value are different I value lives and everybody made it out nobody's injured nobody's hurt <laughs> never mind um, never mind the little ding on my car and um that left a mark on me and I remember when me and my wife were I don't know if she was pregnant but she had a, we had a minivan and some elderly man had run into her and I remember you know she got out and the first my, your knee jerk responded like, you hit my wife and my kid ah! you know and she's like, well, everything's fine. She went to the guy's an older guy. And, you know, and I was like, was well, the car, you know, is it all right? She's Like, yeah, it's a little thing. And I said, just tell him to go like, you know, forget about it. You know, like, it was it was my privilege to to do that back to just say, you know what? I'm not going. I believe we reap what we sow, too. You know, but it's like, you know, the most important thing, nobody dying. Wife ain't hurt. That was my first heart jump. Nobody's injured. Kids are fine. Never mind. So somebody run into you. Make sure that it's better for them to have run into a Christian than a non-believer. <laughs> oh man! I hope y'all can do this. Verse, verse 29. It says, "Okay, so, so after this, after it all took place, and he realized she was dead." Verse 29. Again, forgive me. This is this is kind of gross, but it's in the Bible, so we're gonna read it. When he entered his house, he took a knife and he laid hold of his concubine, uh, and he divided her into 12 pieces, limb by limb and he sent her throughout all the territory of Israel. So he basically cut her up into 12 pieces. He sent her body part with a, a message to each of the 12 tribes. And as appalling as the message would have been, each message required a messenger. So I don't know if, you, you know, if you've been a messenger in that day. It's like, you know, I work for Amazon, I'm not delivering that message right there. And, you know, not gonna be able to do it, sir, you know, but these were carried out and It was shocking for a reason. It was appalling for a reason. Sadly, as appalled as they were, we'll see in the next chapter that they they were riled up because of it, but they didn't do anything about it. Uh, Didn't really change anything about their culture. In the last verse, verse 30. So it was that all who saw it said no deed has been done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up from the land of Egypt until this day. Consider it, confer and speak up. And that was kind of the final exhortation. Consider this. Nothing this horrible has been done since we left Egypt. Consider how bad things have gotten. Confer and speak up. Do something about it. Say something. Speak up. Let's deal with this thing. And it's a great exhortation and it's a great thing. It just wasn't anything that they ever followed through with. They never really did anything about it. And so I want to give a few points of, of um, just a conclusion application from this and um, that we could take and walk in. And so uh, the thing we've said already, as far as looking at things within our culture, uh, we wanna be very careful not to allow culture to dictate how we live, or what we deem is right or wrong. Uh, we always wanna be leaning to the word of God. And so their culture had accepted things that are, as we read them, we're like, that was never okay. It was normal, but it wasn't okay. It was normal to protect your guests uh, it was normal to put out your daughters or put out women first. That was acceptable to them, but it was not acceptable to God. And so we want to be very careful that things that are accepted in our culture that are not acceptable to God, that we put them out. Um, also, as we look at how the culture had digressed, and 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 I'm not picking on homosexuals, I'm gonna say that right up front. But it's interesting that when we see scenarios where things are exceedingly sinful. The morality has just digressed to the lowest point. Sodom and Gomorrah was expressed through gross homosexual behavior. As you look in the book of of the book of Romans, chapter one, and Romans gives the kind of the downward spiral. It starts with people that they knew God, but they didn't glorify him as God. And then they worshiped and served the creation rather than the creator who's blessed forevermore. And then as you continue down the road of just immorality, it says that then the men, women burned for women and men for men to do those things that were shameful. And it, that was always the way the spiral rolled down. And so even though we live in a time in our culture where people want us to accept this behavior, accept this lifestyle, people should be able to love whoever they want to love, blah, blah, blah. Be careful. That's bogus. That's not God's heart. God hates it. Um, It's always been an abomination. It's always been a sign that culture has deteriorated to the lowest place So as we see it growing in our world and growing in our culture It's telling us about our world and our culture that things are digressing fast I graduated high school in 1993 and when I graduated high school I'm sure that that happened, but it wasn't happening like it's happening now. It wasn't it wasn't blasted like it's blasted now Um, I went to a big high school And I can't say that I ever, you know, guys would call guys that as a put down, but I didn't know anybody that I really thought was one. Now at high school, they have clubs, they have special events, they have days. They're doing things at high school now where they're trying to promote it. So they'll have all the kids. It's Transgender Day. And kids kids just like to do crazy stuff. So girls come dressed like guys and guys come dressed like girls and everybody's taking videos and pictures on social media. It's a funny thing. And don't realize that this is our society saying we want this to become normal for you guys. We want you to feel like this is OK. This thing that God hates goes against everything God intended. Right. And so we want to be careful about that because the world will put something in your face so frequently and so constantly and and. and we have to go back and say, but that's not what God wants. God made them male and female. And it doesn't work any other way. If the entire world was to go gay, we would we would die out in one generation. It would all be over with. If the whole world did it, uh, sin brings death. If the whole world was gay, then once everybody died, there'd be no more kids, no more babies, no more life. It would be all over. It's That should be a clue that this thing ends in death. It brings death and so forth and so on. So anyway... Careful that we're not impacted by our culture and our society in that way. Um, And then I guess the overriding thing here is we see man doing what's right in his own eyes uh, throughout the book. A man taking a concubine instead of taking a wife shouldn't have done that. The people of God not taking in a guest, you know, leaving that man out in the city square all night, Um, not showing they didn't show common courtesy. Then they go over and above on the other end and they're take, you know, send out his daughter, virgin daughter and send out this this woman. Um, We want to be careful that we don't get caught up doing what's right in our eyes. And here the only remedy for that, because everybody here has things that seem right to you. But the way that we make sure that we're not doing what's right in our eyes is to make sure that we're doing what's right in God's eyes. And that's revealed to us in Scripture. So when we're making decisions, we want to be guided by the word of God. We want to be able to look at what we're doing, the decisions that we're making and saying, this is what God would want because he says so here. God would want me to do this because it's written there and that we be guided by the word of God. That is our only cure for, you know, outside of God's word guiding, then all of us will default to what we think and what we feel or what we've been taught or what we've seen growing up. And so. You know, many people, if you did marriage the way your parents did marriage, you wouldn't stay married. Uh, many of us, if we raise our kids the way we were raised, you know, maybe there was good and bad about how you were raised. But, you know, are the examples that we've seen are not always sufficient. And so we, we want to be people that go to the word of God for everything that we do. Amen. And so that's the only remedy for this. And I just will close with this as we do see culture digressing and things getting worse. Um, I don't believe that for the believer, it should be something that shakes us. Shouldn't be something. I hear Chris is like, it's getting so bad. It's getting terrible. I can't believe it. Oh. It's like it's exactly what God said was going to be happening. And so what it should do. I mean, we see it. We experience it. We were like, OK, this is exactly what God said would be happening. So you want to make sure that you're functioning the way that God calls you to be functioning in the midst of it, because God's got a remnant, always got a remnant. As things get worse and worse and worse. There ought to still be some people that love Jesus that are reaching out, that are evangelizing, that are loving, that are that are impacting the society in which we live. Um, Because as it's going, God's still reaching out. God's still saving people. God is still, you know, snatching people out of the fire. And so we can get so caught up with like, you know, they're Christians that act like we're going to fix this through voting. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. It's going to happen this way. You can't outvote this. This is spiritual. And you can't outvote it. You can't, you know, I'm not saying don't vote, but you ain't going to outvote it. What we're going to do is evangelize it. And we're going to pray for people. And we're going to witness to people. And we're going li- to be a light in darkness. As it gets darker, it's going to be easier to be a light in the dark. Amen.
0: You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington on The Transforming Word. As he teaches through the book of Judges. This was an interesting season for the people of Israel, being led by various judges as they delivered the people from a variety of enemies. You see, real faith lived out through these judges. There was much war and opposition going on, but God was faithful in delivering his people. Do you notice God's deliverance in your everyday life? He's aware of all that's going on and he cares about bringing you out of those times of oppression. There's much more to learn from the book of Judges and we hope you come back to hear what God speaks to you personally. If you missed any messages from this series, we encourage you to visit calvaryinglewood.org to hear more in Judges. There's also a free mobile app where you can access all of our messages too. Just go to calvaryinglewood.org While you're there, you'll notice links to Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Feel free to explore our website and find other valuable information. We offer a daily Bible reading plan that you can look into as well. Once again, that's CalvaryInglewood.org. If you have any other questions, go ahead and call us at 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. Well, that's about all we have for today. We're so glad you took the time to listen to Pastor Bill today in the book of Judges. We'll catch you again as we look into a transforming word.